from MPW Digital Network comes Cast Iron Table, the network's latest podcast for foodies. Look at the char we're getting. That that is what we're going for. Oh, isn't that hot, guys? Yeah, let's go with peppercorns. Thank you, because without peppercorns, it's not steak a poivre. <sighs> it can't be. Archer! By, like, definition. Today's show focuses on taste and drinks from the South, as well as some of your questions. I am not chugging beer. I'm sampling a flight of gluten-free German lagers with a French wine pairing. It's called a smorgasbein, and it's elegantly cultural. All right, Randy, you should probably lay off the old vine Chateauneuf de Pub. MPW Digital invites you to come sit down at Cast Iron Table with the Country Club of Oxford's executive chef, Jonathan Oliver, and the host of the program, Chase Parham. How intelligent do you have to be to take a food order? Ma'am, you're absolutely right, and uh, I apologize. I'm going to get this fixed for you right away. Welcome to another edition of Cast Iron Table. I'm Chase Parham, along with Jonathan Oliver, the executive chef of the Country Club of Oxford. I work for Rivals.com, covering Ole Miss athletics, but this one's focused on food, as you know by now. We did seafood the first week, beer the second week, and today, talking grits. Can't get into southern uh, food, into things that can go with a little bit of everything, like grits. We're going to talk today with George Ann Ross since 2001, She's been the grit girl in Mississippi and around the southeast, and now it's become all over the country as she's nationwide, coast-to-coast in restaurants and in different places around, uh, really around the world with her yellow grits. Also does Maza, cornmeal, and many other things that you can be experimental with as well as executing a few basic ideas. As always with Cast Iron Skillet, or Cast Iron Table, sorry. Uh, let's uh, tell you how to listen. You can do that through iTunes, through the iOS app. If you're on there, please give us five stars. You can write whatever you want. Leave a rating. We really appreciate it. You've been a huge help through the first two episodes of that, and we cannot thank you enough. I'll also put it on the different Rivals platforms each week there. If you have Podbean or an Android app, you can download the uh, Podbean app and check out Just Cast Iron Table to get to this program. We'll do one a week for now, maybe go up to two, just kind of depending on how things are going. We're trying to bring you guests about different foods, different South cult- Southern culture and things each week. As we get into the grits today, again, George Ann Ross, it's gritgirl.net online. You can check out some of the press that's been about her. Been doing it a long time, does a fantastic job. She's a funny lady that really knows her grits. She does, again, services throughout Mississippi and the nation here. So we're going to get to her interview here. That is what this episode of the podcast is about, is grits. We talk about shrimp and grits, barbecue grits, and the different ways that uh, make them your one of your favorite side dishes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So now again, Jonathan Oliver, Chase Parm, and we're talking with George Ann Ross, the grits girl here in Oxford, Mississippi. When Jonathan and I started this podcast, it was to feature southern foods, different things, and you can't get too far into that without getting into grits, something available with every meal for the most part and today we welcome in george ann ross grit girl as we uh as we say here with this on location jonathan our first one uh first one to have that as we get someone in in uh in studio with us yep out back on the porch yeah so jonathan this is jonathan's idea a really good one we just i guess thank you for coming on today spending a few minutes with us just to kind of hear about your operation as well as also help some uh listeners and and, and viewers kind of as they uh try to make their grits as good as can be well, thank you. Thanks yeah. for inviting me, and thank Chef Jonathan for having me, and here we are. It's a fun thing go. that I do, I guess. Uh, 
It's an awesome thing. She's she's taught me a lot for sure, just in in making grits. You know, it's the original grit girl from Oxford, Mississippi. Obviously, throughout um, Oxford, local, and then as she said, coast to coast and up to down, up and down, depending on the week, all across grits, cornmeal. We'll get into kind of some of that as we, as we go. I'm, I guess I'm just curious to start. Why grits? How did it kind of come about? Well, it was all an accident. Uh, my husband restored an old flywheel engine. And the next year, we farmed cotton and soybeans down in the Delta. And the next year, he restored an old grist mill and brought it home and put in a sack of corn. And I grew up in Memphis, showed me where cornmeal came from. Uh, if it didn't come from Kroger, I just never gave it another thought. And so I thought that was really neat. We ran the equipment once a month to keep everything greased up. I gave the cornmeal away to the neighborhood. And it was an elderly lady that would make me a pan of cornbread from the mill and would bring it to me and after that I had a chef show up fishing we kind of lived in a fishing area he we had the equipment out running it and he happened to hear it it made a big popping sound every guy likes to hear that noise and he came running up to see what the pop was and saw we were making cornmeal and I gave him some cornmeal and he went back to Memphis and called me a couple of weeks later and said he wanted to get 50 pounds and, you know, I said, well, I don't have 50 pounds of cornmeal, you know. I, I keep books. I don't know, you know, I'll, we'll run it again, and I'll make you some and bring it to you. So long story short, I went into Memphis, took him his cornmeal, and when I got there, he gave me a list of five kitchens to go see, uh, five other chefs. And I just said, you know, I'm not in the business of doing this. Well, he just told me to go do it. It was making the change. People are staying, you know, starting to go fresh, local, these white tablecloth restaurants. And uh, mm -hmm. please go see these chefs for him. So I went and saw these chefs. And the fifth one I went and saw uh, wanted grits. And I had no idea if I could make grits or not. You know, we just did cornmeal. So I went home and got out my Quakers. And we tinkered around with the old <laughs> grist mill. And... Mine came out okay, but they were yellow, and I don't even know how I was going to sell a chef on yellow grits, so because everything around here was white. So, but anyway, I took him back the grits. He didn't like them; they were yellow and not white. And so that was, you know, shot my air out of my balloon, and that was that. So a week later, he called and said, "Got in a bind, had to use those grits." darn if they didn't taste really good and they really grabbed the flavor well <laughs> they cook really quick that's what i loved about them well and I, it's been a learning process for me i mean the closest i ever got to emerald lagazi had just started his food channel network and he had done a shrimp and grit brunch type meal and i i've always been pretty good at you know copying a recipe to me a housewife if you can read you can cook and um, so I had done that brunch. It's the only time I'd experienced grits for anything other than breakfast. And it was good. But I wasn't sure about what I was doing because it was yellow and I was used to white. And finally, you know, these chefs were, the word got out. I was doing these grits and it got to be I was doing more grits than cornmeal. And, you know, then I also do corn flour, which is maza, and I also do a polenta. And the corn flour is my byproduct. And so for five years, I threw it away. Just had piles of it out on my farm. I put it out for the wildlife to eat. And, um, you know, the more orders were coming in for grits, then it got to where I was doing 20 pounds of cornmeal, but 
50 pounds of grits. And I thought, well, you know, what's, what's going on? This is taking off. And I would make my deliveries. I would go in, I would drive two hours from Scott, Mississippi to Memphis for 30 pounds of product mm -hmm. when I first started. But eventually, this chef would tell me to go see this chef. And so, you know, I had to learn my, relearn my way around Memphis. And here I am, and grits are my number one seller. Yes, I was going to say, it's just been word of mouth for the most part on growing this thing. I mean, you know, at what point did it kind of go, oh, wow, this is, this is something? I still do, oh, wow. Uh -huh. I did, oh, wow, last week, even. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I got, she popped I, in my back door. Uh, That's how I met her. Yeah, I hey, just I sell grits. I'm like, oh, okay. Great. I cold call. I just bounce in. Oh, do you really? You just <laughs> I just show up at my own free will, kind of. Mm -hmm. I don't like to be pressured. I, like I said, was a bookkeeper for a long time, and that was a lot of pressure. But I keep up with what you know. I hear about a chef coming in, and I like them to get settled, and I'll just show up and. I usually just have five pounds on me. I don't really have little bags, and I'll just, here, here's five pounds. Try them, see if you like them. If you don't, no big deal, and if you do, give me a shout. And uh, no pressure, and I, once I pick up a chef, it's my job to make sure his chefs are stocked, and it's fresh, and it's rotated out, and he's going through it. And I mean, when yeah, I his love the way that you uh, cook them on, you know, like Sunday, you milled this Sunday, and I got them today. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, well, I mailed those fresher. Tuesday. You yeah, got Tuesday. them today. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, you mm -hmm. can't get any fresher. None, none of my products sit and wait to be sewed. Everything I mill is sewed. So when I'm milling and bagging, it's all sewed product. And then I keep back 150 pounds of everything extra, and it's a first-come, first-served basis. 150 pounds seems like a lot. Of just, and, and, and just for that amount, I guess obviously week to week but what is the average i mean how many pounds is as average for a week i, I total weight um every other week i mill 2500 to 2800 pounds of product right um two-thirds of that three-thirds of that is grits and the rest is the maza the polenta and the cornmeal so it's you know i do 200 pounds of cornmeal usually and 300 pounds of polenta um, but I have oodles and oodles of corn flour because I just, it's the byproduct. So you mm -hmm. get a lot of, you crush something, you get dust. So I get a lot of dust. And, um, but I turn around and sell that to a cattle guy. And 4-H club, uh, you're hearing about all this beef being um, grass-fed. Mm -hmm. We still got to fatten that cow and you're not using hormones anymore. So they're taking corn scrap and they're blowing it out into a field and they're grazing the corn and the grass at the same time. And so that's what they're doing with it. And so they come and get all my scrap, which is a lot of flour. <laughs> I'm not just baiting you. I really have no idea of this answer. What is kind of the difference between these products? I mean, obviously you're making them sort of from the same type of thing, but I mean, polenta versus cornmeal, whatever. What's, what's, what's the difference in them? Well, the difference is um, in your grind, um, I use a 1910 grist mill. So I have to set my stones. The closer in you get, the more powder you get. Okay. So uh, to do grits, it's kind of a little ways in and it'll give you a chunky, but you still got the powder in there and you got to pull that powder out. Now, if I'm doing polenta, I come, I make cornmeal, but I pull the powder out. And that little bitty grit that's left in the cornmeal is the polenta. And then cornmeal is the two combined. You just, it's an easy thing to grind. You don't have to do anything to it, but get the brand out, which I suck that out. And then grits are just 
like I said, it's all in adjusting the stones mm -hmm. is all it is. And the difference between grits and polenta is the grind. That's all it is. We're How old is your uh, your stone that you have now? The stone I have now is a 1910, so it's 105 years old. Wow. Um, my husband restored that seven years ago. And um, I have two ladies in waiting is what I call them. And um, they're 1910 and 1911. And they're my backup girls in case <laughs> my 1909 gets cranky or something and doesn't want to work. Now how I heavy can, are those? They're, well, let's see, the, the girl I'm using now, she's, she's, she's about 600 pounds. And probably five, one's got smaller stones in it, so it's probably about 500 pounds. And then I have a cast iron one that's probably a good 1,500 pounds. Wow. So it's... Um, I use two, though. I use a cast iron and then the old wood, the, the 1909. The cast iron is about 20 years old. How long does the process take? Well, I can do, I have split it up because I don't like to, to get too sweaty. It's a kind of a sweaty <laughs> job. And it's corn cracks better early in the morning. So we start at 7 in the morning, and I grind on every other Tuesday. I usually do what I call the Oxford fluff. And we'll, we'll grind up 700 pounds, and that'll be for Oxford and any emergencies in between there. And then Sunday, I'll go back out, and we'll do 1,500 pounds on Sunday. And, um, and we'll have all that done in four hours each day. Oh. We're, we're done by noon. Cleanup time, grind, car loaded, everything bagged, and we're done. You mentioned chefs and everything, but also available for retail in certain locations? I don't do retail. I, oh. I have it here locally. Right. Um, at Big Bad Breakfast and um, the Barn Trading Company, those are people that I do deal with. I prefer letting my restaurants retail right. because I want them to come eat at your restaurant. And if they're liking your grits and sometimes customers will say, can you give me your recipe, you got any of those grits, I want him to bag up two pounds of the grits and he can make a little extra profit off that. And meanwhile, move what's in his kitchen out and it keeps him fresh. I like my chefs. I'm doing this every other week. I don't do cases or, you know, you got to get 50 pounds. You got to last you a month. You know, I want you to just get what lasts nine days. If you get in a bind, give me a shout. I can take care of you. But I'm doing this again in nine days. So stay fresh. Jonathan, you, you mentioned kind of application. What is the difference in a yellow versus white grit just from from taste to I texture, everything you know, else? Obviously different corn, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, I was I used Anson Mills, which was in uh, out out of South Carolina, which is in Columbia, and I think hers and they're yellow. And I have been using yellow grits for probably nine years or however long I was in Carolina. We used white grits in um, New Orleans when I lived there. Mm -hmm. um, but once I got the yellow grit, I was stuck. You know, I was like, I can't. I love these. It's just I think they're smoother. I think the way they're cooked. I think on yours. I mean, I can't leave the pot in, on Sunday for brunch. If you walk off for, you know, a couple minutes, you're burning the bottom of the pot. Yeah, I mean, they're the really bottom. quick. Soaking them, like I said, with, uh, you know, for 20 minutes that you kind of showed me that process. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I can't Eating tell you the last that. time I uh, used white grits. So. What, what what made white grits be the prominent thing for so long? I mean, that made it the, the kind of the industry standard. It's just a variety of corn. And um, through technology, you know, they've come out. I mean, we've always had yellow corn. You had yellow sweet corn. and uh, But in this region, we grow yellow. Up north, that's where Quaker's from. It's white oh, corn okay. that's grown that region in the cooler air. And But white corn and yellow corn 
white has starch to it, mm -hmm. but yellow has this much more. I mean, it's just a huge amount of starch. So it's the starch grabbing his spices okay. harder. Where normally, say, if he's doing white grits and it called for a fourth a cup of red pepper, well, that's what he'd need in the white. But over here, he could get by with an eighth. It's yeah. going to really grab it. So he saves a little money there on his spices. I think also on frying them, too. We do a you know fried grit cake with our shrimp shrimp and grits. Mm -hmm. And we fried the white ones. They kind of crumble in your fryer. And you notice the yellow ones stick in there a little more. I and guess with the starch. Starch does, Makes yeah. sense. You mentioned soaking or what you're talking about. What I mean, I guess move, transition to that a little bit. Preparation, what's the what's the, what's the the way to go? Um, soaking, I like if, if you're in a hurry. It's, I mean, they're 20 minutes to cook. And if you soak them, I think it'll peel five minutes off maybe. Um, kind of while your liquid's coming to a boil, you can be sitting, your grits could be sitting in a pot of water. Mm -hmm. Just, just a basic pot of water? Yeah, and just soak, and it softens the kernel, that's what it does. So the cook time's a little shorter. And they it's come out a little smoother. Mm-hmm, Yeah, a little creamier. cream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come out a little creamier. I asked listeners earlier today for some questions, different things, and the biggest thing was obviously cheesy grits, matching cheese with them. What, what kind of cheese are we using? What's best? I use the extra sharp cheddar. You know, it's just I like that bite. Um, she mentioned earlier goat cheese. I'm definitely trying that this week. Um, <laughs> I think you know, uh, gouda. I, yeah, gouda's great. We've gouda. done that. We've done fried gouda grit cakes. You know, over some pulled pork, um, which I think was was one of the hits on our brunch. And we did a fried egg with that. Mm -hmm. A little barbecue sauce over the top. I think that was mm -hmm. one of our favorites. I got to pull that one back out. Um, Go through that for me for a minute. You're sitting well, here. Um, well, you start off with some, some pulled pork. I mean, just like basic we're barbecue. Trying okay. We're trying to make it easy on, you know, not having to do ten hours of, you know, cooking a Crap. Boston butt at home. We can either go to your favorite place in in your town, or you know, get something from the store. We cook them here, but you know, we have a little more, you know, a little more accessible to do that. Um, so we do the fried. We do the grits. Make our grits. Add our gouda in there. Put it into just a hotel Just make the grit pan. and mix the, the, the cheese Yeah, in. at the end, I mix the gouda in, kind of get it all creamy. Add some cream in there also. What's and the ratio then, on that? Uh, four to one on the, the grit, water to grits, or we use chicken stock. Well, I use three quarts of chicken stock, one quart of cream, and a quart of the grits. Mm. Um, and that, you know, that's a lot of grits. So <laughs> you probably don't mind. need that at home. <laughs> um, but we'll put that, if you are at home, I'd do it. We do it in a hotel pan, you know, just because we're going to have more of a you know more coming out but we'll do it in um you can do it in a casserole dish let it sit in the uh fridge they're going to use a uh we use a cookie cutter like a regular you know i guess it's a three inch round cookie cutter we'll cut those out put them on to uh, let them rest again in the cooler and then we'll make a uh, buttermilk and uh, you can use your corn flour or maybe the masa and we'll batter that with the in the grit. We'll do the grit into the flour, into the corn flour, into the fryer. That comes out. You have your pork ready. Goes on top. You could fry a couple eggs, is what we usually do, mm. and then barbecue sauce. Um, and it just when you break into there, you have the nice crust. When you break into that grit, like the cheese, the grit just kind of oozes out. It's all. I mean, it's just it's phenomenal. What's the main application for the maza? What is what 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 is that normally used like what used for in? It's good to fry. You okay. can do green tomatoes, okra, tamales, right? Tamales. Yeah. You oh. make your just the breading on the outside of the tamales, tortillas, tortilla chips, fritos. Um, there is <laughs> there's a lot more when you think about it. I mean, 
I, Jonathan wanted me to tell you the story. For years, it was a byproduct. So for years, I threw it away. And so I had these pals. I have 20 acres where my mill is. And I had pals scattered all around with just mazza that we're dumping out. And the deer were coming up at night eating on it, and we have a pond. And so we decided to put a camera out there, take pictures of what's coming up to eat. First night, you know, we got our pictures, and it's showing the deers, and they have just this powder all over their face, and, you know, and they're looking around. But we kept seeing this trail to the pond and back, and we couldn't figure it out, so my husband put up another camera. And what they were doing, they would get so doughed up from eating the flour that their mouths were sticking together. They'd walk over to the pond and get water to get the dough down, and then it would just make more dough on the way back, and it was just a little string of dough going from the flower to the to the pond and so we needed to figure out what are we going to do to get rid of this and I finally took some into a chef and said you know can y'all do anything with this and his eyes just got huge and said oh my god you know that's pure corn flour and I said yeah and I got a lot of it <laughs> <laughs> so he told me you know where to you go with that yeah same chef and and um, told me what I could do with it and go from there so I started playing in the kitchen and I play, you know, just to see what I can do with it so I can have some knowledge when I meet my fellows. And so you, you do so much with grits every day. Do you eat grits often? Not too often. Yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> I do every now and then. Um, probably three or four times a year. Oh, that, that infrequently? Yes. <laughs> I've, I've You've got to be a little a sick of them it. from a palate standpoint. I've done it for 15 years, and my weight's gone up and down all through this time. And um, I am now a diabetic, so I do have to watch um, the starch. And I'm actually diabetic from environmental. Really? And that is from breathing starch all these years that I've been milling. And diabetes is in my family, so I evidently had a weak pancreas and then all the starch and so it's kind of cool, though. But it's a healthy thing. I mean. Does anyone recommend you stop? No, they didn't. Okay. I just had to quartel on how much I'm eating because it to turns to sugar. you have to wear a mask while you're out there? I probably should, but yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a trooper. Yeah. <laughs> none, so, of, none of us do. So when you do splurge and you eat grits, what's a couple things that you uh, you would like to eat them with or how or, or whatnot? Uh, I, you know, I like them the, all the ways I've been getting them. I was just telling Jonathan of one I tasted that was totally different and it was with lemon and I've never had that um, I've had it with sweet potatoes and maple syrup and backstrap molasses in them and and with you know the gouda and the, the goat and the cheddar and the white cheddar and the spicy I've had them all that way but I, I had some a couple of weeks ago at a brunch and it was just totally different and I was glad I ordered them I you know almost skipped it and I thought uh, first time here I better get her grits and and um, they were great. They were great, and I had to tell him about yeah. them, <laughs> share that with the world. <laughs> what is the best way to kind of spice them up from a seasoning standpoint? I mean, I think it's whatever you you prefer. You like anyway. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I like uh, paprika in there. I think that goes well. Mm -hmm. Chili powder. Sometimes mm -hmm. you want to do a southwestern flavor. Um, you know, savory grits are kind of the way. You know, if you're doing it at dinner, you know, I've, I've talked before about us doing it with fish. Or with chicken mm -hmm. or other good other with options. salmon, salmon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. we do it with a roasted uh, roasted tomatoes. Mm -hmm. We'll roast some tomatoes on low heat at like 200 degrees. Just quarter your Roma tomato, roast them, pull them out, and then after you make the grits, fold them into your grit. And we keep them obviously in a hot well. 
um, at home, you know, you would probably just go ahead and serve so you could do it right there. Um, and then crumble bacon, you know, is always good in, in grits. I mm -hmm. think you can kind of make a casserole. You know, it's a popular item. So many people seem to be intimidated by this whole grit thing, but grits are just like a baked potato, same amount of starch in it. And if you get a loaded potato with cheese and onions and oh, yeah. bacon and, and it absorbs all those flavors, grits are doing the same thing. And that's why you're seeing them at dinner and they're taking the place of the potato. It's healthier, it's fresh, and it's, it's you know, balancing the plate. But they, the chef can make grits dance any way they want them to dance. If he's having salmon, he can add a different kind of cheese to them and it'll plate perfectly with that salmon. Um, just like I was talking with the lemon, I would have never thought putting lemon in there, and it just blew me away. Real refreshing. I'm glad you just told me that. <laughs> yeah, it did. It just blew me. And, um, you know, the spices, uh, the first time I had them with a sweet potato, who would have thought to put a starch and a starch together? And, um, and that was phenomenal. Did they and do it with like a pureed sweet potato into the grit or is they, it they they um, baked a potato at 400 while yeah. they were cooking the grits took the meat out of the potato oh, and yeah. just threw it right in and smoothed That's them cool. out and um they didn't use a cheese but they used a little backstrap molasses yeah and um yeah, pecan or something yeah you could mm -hmm. and he did spinach leaves and shrimp and your different bell peppers right, on cool. the side and that's what he um serves it with and you know i thought that was wonderful but i'm i'm a housewife i grew up in a huge family i learned to cook for nine people and cheap my mother just was just cheap as she could be but i call myself a dump cook because i live <laughs> out in the country i go to the grocery store once a month and i have to fend with what i have left you know towards the end of the month and and the grits well just anything you have you can make a dish out of it i mean it's kind of it was the poor man's scrap dish the mm -hmm. succotash and then also to fill your children up in the morning to keep them with a warm belly and full and send them on their way. And they made pies with them, pie crust. They just, in the old days, they corn was your sweet in some areas. That mm -hmm. was what you sweetened with. Corn, corn meal was what they made their pie crust with. They didn't have flour, didn't have all that. Does so, your price change a lot when, the, like if our crops go down or up or? During no. the summer when it gets really hot, or is it kind of steady? It's, I haven't, let's see, I came in 15 years ago at $2 a pound, and I'm two ninety-five now. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm a little cheaper on the flour. Yeah. I think I'm $1.80 or $1.70 right. on the flour. Um, so not much. Not much. There's, I mean, I've had to grit my teeth. Uh, it's way up. Corn is way up now. When mm -hmm. I came in, corn was $1.50 for a 50-pound bag, mm -hmm. and now it's $9 wow. for a 50-pound wow. bag. It's a huge difference. And um, That's food in general. Food know, in general, and also what drove up the price of corn was the commodity, but um, the fuel. It was going to be grown mm -hmm. for fuel, and that luckily hit bottom. It didn't work out, but it's held its price at nine dollars it didn't fall so that's you know i think i do pretty good at 295 the shippers the people i have to ship to i do charge shipping and that's over and above the price right. and um but i tried to well worth comp it, that you get your grits in new york do you make it up that far or? yes i'm that's in new awesome. york and i'm working with a girl now on four other restaurants in new york so i've got samples going out this weekend to them 
So I got my fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> you just send them a certain amount and say, hey, here they are. I have send them at it. Yeah, two pounds, or usually three or four pounds, and um, play with it because I, I like them to play with it, make sure they like it, see what they're getting, and it'll be this consistent all the time. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's a big difference from fresh to from warehouse. Of course. It's just. It's going to cook differently. It's going to grab your spices differently. And, and like your first recipe you make with it, it's going to be either way too hot or way too spicy because it's just going to grab. And um, so you have to, the chef has to kind of cut back on his recipe a little bit on his seasonings, which is a good thing. It saves you money is what it does. And um, Other than breakfast side items, obviously shrimp and grits is a thing around here. That just everybody is always whatever. But Jonathan, just give me a kind of a brief simple recipe for that that people at home for might want to do grits. some shrimp and grits yeah well i'd start with your you know the same way we've talked about making them with the soaking process and the put them in a pot of water set it over to the side yeah and then um on the on the grit on the shrimp part you know we get we use gulf shrimp i don't use anything that's not native to our area really um and i think that's majority of our you know places around town do that um well gets peppers um sausage i like to use andouille it's kind of our thing down here mm-hmm. um and then our shrimp so i'll saute our sausage i mean i'll saute our peppers and then sausage and then grit or and then shrimp and then i add a little cream say a cup of cream into that let it reduce um and i use uh back to paul perdones i've talked about before i throw that in there the blackening magic Mm. Um, let it reduce and then add um, a little cheddar in there to b- kind of make it a creamy cheddar sauce mm-hmm. and then sample out your you know do your grits in a bowl scoop out a couple of your shrimp pour the remaining over and then if you have bacon on the side I like to do crumble bacon on top green onions are always good pretty simple very simple way to do it mm-hmm. and it's quick I mean you can do that all in probably 30 minutes mm-hmm. so it doesn't sound hard at all no it's no not. it's easy yeah, it's I could, you could learn that and people think no it's time. complicated but it's, they do they it's really not complicated i guess it just you know and the price changes i think it from brunch to dinner just the, the amount of shrimp that like say yeah. i add in there mm-hmm. you know at dinner i'm going to give you probably 10 or 12 and at brunch i'm probably going to give you like five shrimp yeah you know yeah. so that's kind of the difference on that but it's the same process you mentioned you got out of it for a little while, so you started 15 years ago or so, and then just at I some point it, decided yeah. not. I, I sewed it, had some family issues come up, and I'm a one-man show, and I, I caught it. I couldn't function, and had a couple people wanting to buy it, and I let it go. And um, But then I was requested back in. Over the next year, I kept getting phone calls to get back in, get back in, and I got back in just to handle one person, actually, and could live just fine and take a vacation and not be stressed so it just one thing it snowballed once I got back in people were finding out and I still didn't advertise I just kept it word of mouth and uh, so I asked permission if I could pick up more restaurants or if I was locked in and I was given the range to take off so I still work word of mouth and it works out great for me because I'm still a one-man show but I'll have 10 and then you know, six months go by, and I'm used to that 10, and maybe two more come along. Well, then I can add them because I keep up with all of my oh, chefs. Yeah, we get to see her every week. And um, I, <laughs> locally, you do. Yeah. But even, yeah. you know, my guys in New York, I don't want them stressing over grits. Maybe you get a trip and, up uh, there. I, you know? I would I would <laughs> love a trip to New York. I've never been. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, But I 
keep up with what they're ordering. And if I call and that chef's gone and I'm talking to a sous chef and he don't know what to order, I can look at it, what he normally does and say, look, you know, he gets 20 pounds. What do you got on your shelf? And, you know, he says five. I say, you know, let me send you 15. I'd rather not, you know, send a little too bit. Much, yeah. yeah, and then too much and you get in trouble over budget. And I said, you know, you can always add to it. So I, that's my job to... I mean, I don't care if I'm driving down the highway and you call me and say, you know, when's the last time I ordered grits? I got this file cabinet in my head <laughs> that I have to go through, and and you know, I can tell you. And, um, How large is I guess when you when you sold it the first time? I mean, what was the you know with the size then compared to now? What you're doing in a week? And I, I know it changes. Well, but when, when I sold it the first time around, I had 60 restaurants, and this time around, I'm at 135 and growing. And um, I do need to hire someone. <laughs> I feel like it's getting to where my hair's getting whiter and whiter. <laughs> what you, you mentioned, obviously, everything's fresh. It's not something that's week to week. I mean, you know, it's, it's every week you're going to get the product. What's your typical week like? Kind of take me through what, what you do on what days. I know, I know you mentioned doing the actual process on two days a week, but what's what's the week like? Well, I'm, I'm pretty weird. I kind of work the weekends. <laughs> I work Thursday to Tuesday. And then the in-between times, um, I do book work. I have to turn the hat around. I have to do laundry. <laughs> Cook dinner for my old man. <laughs> so I have to do all that. Feed the dogs. Uh, come Thursday, today is our order day for Oxford and Tupelo. So I've been to Oxford, Water Valley, and Tupelo and took orders from all my chefs. They all saw me today. I did a grind on Tuesday. So like I got here today, Jonathan told me he needed five bags. Well, I had the five bags just done Tuesday and delivered that. And Monday, I'll bring him an invoice. We're Monday here. I'll... Um, deliver everybody and if they need something they pick out of my car plus place an order tomorrow is order day friday tomorrow's all my shipping and i'm on the phone i start at 9 to 10 30 taking orders and then i'm closed during their lunch time you can't mm -hmm. call anybody uh, and then i start again at 2 30 till 7 7 30 at night before i'm done i don't know from week to week what my orders are my husband drives me crazy because he calling me saying what's my weight what's my weight and I'm like I don't know <laughs> I'm not done calling everybody um so Tuesday uh, Saturday that's what I do Saturday I add everything up all the bags I've got to have uh, how many pounds of this that and that I need line up my labor make sure they're going to show up and be sober and happy and early in the morning and <laughs> so, and I kind of get myself geared for that and we meal Sunday, if you saw me today and saw me Sunday, you swear it was a different person because I'm covered in flour and stripped down makeup and dirty clothes and and uh, we we come out looking like Jonathan's coat here. <laughs> so. I ask you, does your does your husband eat them though? Yes. Okay. And he would eat them every day. Really? Yeah. He doesn't get tired of them. No, he does not. I hadn't seen that man get tired of anything. Is that because you just cook them so many different ways that it's just um, that? And I've taught him how to cook them now. <laughs> Because he wanted them so much, and I was in them all the time, plus I was playing with yeah. them on the side. And, you, you know, after three years of that, you just kind of, ooh. You need know. to learn how. <laughs> yeah, it's time for you to learn. Because I've tried pies with them, and, you know, ooh. I kind of want to be, you know, if he asks me something, I've tried it and kind of know. done tamale pie? I love those. I haven't done that. Yeah, I've made tamales, but I hadn't done a tamale pie. And, um, and I What's love the tamales. What's that consist of? I might have to get into that one. That's my, 
I think I'll do that next week. Do I was it? thinking about doing it for Easter. What is it? So, the tamale pie. Um, just the tamale, the, the masa is like your crust, and mm-hmm. then you add your beef, and is it mm-hmm. beans and yep. cheese? It's just and a layer, Yeah, and it's more in a lot of shaping. Yeah, long like dish. a hotel pan, what I would do it in for you Cut brunch. it out like lasagna, kind of. So it's fun. It's pretty popular. I think Ajax does it here. It's good sure. for people that don't want to mess with the corn husk and all of that. Yeah. You know, don't Open it up, get, put yeah. it on the cracker. They don't get dirty, that kind of stuff. And it's good. I mean, they're good. Yeah, they it's are good. good. You mentioned the potato. Is that and grit together one of the stranger ones that worked? I guess, you know, what's something that kind of, you go, well, that's a little weird, but hey, it, it worked out. I've actually, I'm a real basic girl. I thought all of it was weird when yeah. I first started. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't wrap my mind around grits for dinner. I just was having a hard time. So it took me a year and a half there just to try grits at dinner. I've had them for brunch and had them for breakfast, but not dinner. And then once I did, I was hooked. And um, the potato thing was my big thing for the last few years. And now it's this lemon this lemon taste. I just can't get it out of my mind. And, and the process of how she did it, I, it's just a whole different texture and something I've never tried that you said it was like a grit souffle, right? Yeah, but very little. With lemon and goat cheese. Lemon and goat cheese and whippy. More cornmeal Sounds with cool. polenta instead of grit. So I've just got to figure that out. Yeah. I just might have you to come in here to his one. kitchen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come up here and bring in the ingredients yeah. and let's play. <laughs> well, I know it's a busy day for you today. I really appreciate taking the time with us. I, I guess the question I've gotten from a couple of people that aren't local, obviously, use the restaurants that you, you service, but... For someone just looking for in whatever area, what are they looking for when they're trying to buy grits? How would they go about that? What are they trying to make sure they see or don't see? Well, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm fresh, and that's what they're looking for. The, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm real honest, and I'm gonna yeah. show up. And <laughs> they're looking for your grits. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I find them. I'm, do you have a website? I do have yeah. a website. It's um, gritgirl.net. Yeah, gritgirl.net. And I, my email is gritgirl at bellsouth.net. And, and those are the only two operations <laughs> I use because it's just, I'm a one man show. <laughs> too many, too much media is not good for me. <laughs> so um, it's just simple. It's just, I don't know. It's more my chefs. I, I take my hat off to these chefs. They're the ones that have made my grits dance, and, and to me, they're the ones that have done everything. I'm just a provider of a fresh product, and they blow my mind. I mean, they're the ones that perk my curiosity. And you know, Jonathan did what I did him some black-eyed peas. I also meal some little specialty things for chefs that mm-hmm. want something different every now and then. And he just blows me away with what he creates, and he'll send me these texts, and look what I did. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, had no idea you could do that. And I've got someone making bourbon with black-eyed peas now. Yum. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. <laughs> What'd you do with them? The black-eyed peas? Yeah. Uh, I can't really remember, to be honest. You did a, a while back. Mm-hmm. You did a, when you first a cake. Uh, oh, we did black-eyed pea cakes, maybe? Yeah, you did black-eyed pea cakes with quail. And then I used your, uh, yeah, and then I... You, you have a really good memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. like an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the blue cornmeal, where you get that. Remember we did uh, mm-hmm. we did fried catfish with that. That was really cool. Blue cornmeal is real pretty. It's native out of um, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't let the corn out of New Mexico for fear someone would grow it. 
So they mill it, it is fresh, and it's all, you know, all the good stuff, nothing in it, and uh, I can get it from them. Mm -hmm. And um, so well, I offer that. I give that as gifts or, you know, if, if I get one that's wanting to buy, then I, I'll wire that rate for a little while, and then I feel guilty and say, mm -hmm. here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have a good week. <laughs> I'm more about them shining. I'm a background girl. I'm just a grit girl. Oh, it's gritgirl.net, uh, again, all over uh, Mississippi, northern Mississippi, and then uh, coast to coast, depending on the week with lots of restaurants. But, again, thank you for joining us today. Really thank you appreciate for taking me. the time, and uh, we'll uh, see you yeah. next week. Yeah, see you.